Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 102nd episode, we have three artists talking about their current exhibition. They are Tim Kowalczyk, Joseph Jenner, and Lauren Turk. Their show is called Of Clay, Metal, and Fiber, and it's up right now at Joliet Junior College through April 4th. And the opening reception is this Thursday, March 20th from 7 to 9 p.m. So if you're in the area, please check it out and meet the artists. If you're unfamiliar with Studio Break, we are a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists that come on and discuss their work in detail. So please check out all the great artists that you missed on StudioBreak.com. Again, each of the posts that we have have images of the artist's work, links to their websites, and... You can easily link to the iTunes subscription page and stay up to date with what podcasts are coming out that way. You'll also notice those handy share buttons, so please go ahead and do that. And of course, follow us on Facebook. You can find out about our upcoming annual competition, some show announcements, new podcasts, things like that. You can follow us on Twitter at Studio Break. You can also follow us on Tumblr, that's studio-break.tumblr, so please reach out and say hello. All right, now with that out of the way, I bring you this fresh interview. Stay tuned. Okay, welcome to the Studio Break podcast. I'm very happy to be joined by Joe, Lauren, and Tim, and you all have a show going on why don't we start by just introducing everybody. So, Joe, if you could just talk a little bit about yourself, we'll go from there. My name is Joseph Jenner. I'm a uh, ornamental metal worker and studio metalsmith. I work out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I'm originally from uh Chicago area. I attended JJC, uh, then got my BFA in metalsmithing at Southern Illinois University Carbondale in uh 2010. Hi, my name is Lauren Turk. I uh, currently live in Shanahan, Illinois. I am a, I don't know, I guess I'd say painting and installation artist mostly. Um, I got uh, my undergrad from Illinois State University and my MFA from Washington State University. And Tim, you've been on the podcast before, but why don't you remind us who you are? And uh, My name is Tim Kowalczyk. I'm from Minunk, Illinois. Well, that's where I'm living right now. I got my BFA from Southern Illinois Carbondale, and then my master's degree from Illinois State University in Bloomington. Normal, I guess. So the exhibition is Of Clay, Metal, and Fiber. And, you know, my, my first question, if we could just generally give an overview. I mean, obviously, you're all working in the, the three-dimensional realm, or at least mostly for this exhibition. But could you kind of talk a little bit about, I guess, what it's about thematically? How did, how did it come together? The gallery director, Joe Milosevic, put together um, a show called Now and Then, where he brought together old alumni of JJC, and that show was up at the Laura A. Sprague Gallery in September of 2012. And Joe, as he said once he put the show up that he kept thinking about the three of us. And he, you know, he said, you know, what a nice show it would be to put us all together. And, you know, he said that there was some sort of correlation between all of our work, and he wanted to see that come together. And so do you all know each other well then? I, I think we've all crossed paths at one time or another. When I started my MFA program, I met Lauren. She was in her last year of her BFA program. And then Joe was, Joe Jenner, right? You came in to SIU Carbondale 
when I was leaving SIU Carbondale. Is that correct? Yeah, I think we were there around the same semester, but I don't recall ever meeting you, but we were in the same area. Well, so in terms of the show then, I mean, you know, I, I was talking to Tim earlier that, you know, I've, I've really been considering how one might change their work or change the presentation of it when you're dealing, you know, with showing your work in relationship to other artists. So could you could you maybe individually talk about, you know, what is in the show for you, what pieces, and then we can kind of explore that a bit more. Most of my work is uh, fairly functional objects, usually tools and that relate to writing of some sort. And uh, my work's changed a little bit, and I kind of have some more sculptural stuff in there now. But uh, the biggest challenge actually was just kind of dealing with the distance between the three of us and, you know, kind of communicating everything. We did a pretty good job using the Internet. To Tim asked me a question at one point, what colors of metals I was using, and we kind of had a little bit of dialogue back and forth about some of the stuff that we were going to be presenting. And is that something that, too, I mean, could you describe the, the pieces a little bit more specifically? Because in, in terms of what I found, I mean, again, I found a lot of really small functional things. Very interesting in terms of texture, especially. Oh, in terms of that sculptural aspect of it, how how is it explored? Yeah, actually, uh, I started making a lot of smaller objects. My main background is in jewelry working and traditional goldsmithing techniques and SIU has a blacksmithing program so I was introduced to that as well so what I do is kind of a combination of both of the blacksmithing aspect and that's where a lot of the uh, heavy texture comes in in a lot of my pieces and um, I'm kind of exploring larger objects like the uh, there's a furniture study I did in there that's a non-functional writing desk that's kind of a anthropomorphic looking object made out of forged iron and you guys all have amazing radio voices i'm really jealous most of the work that's actually in the show um is installation based that's what i've been doing lately i what i do is i make objects and then um, i'm given a space usually i always tell you know curators or people in charge of galleries you know just give me whatever space is left over because I, I like the challenge of bringing an object in and then having to create a, a whole new work around what I'm given conceptually I guess I've been exploring in the in the new piece specifically the role that um, promise or promises and expectations play in our lives so thinking a lot about the promised land and just to just to clarify too for for those that might not have seen some of your your previous work could you kind of describe like what kind of materials you're using Sure. A lot of my materials I actually gather from thrift stores or um, flea markets, yard sales, you know, wherever I can get it. Usually once I find um, objects, they kind of are puzzle pieces that fit into place and tell me the different moves that I'd like to make with those. So um, I might find a really interesting lamp base and then use that as the skeleton of a piece. So for this particular show piece I did just for the show is um, of milk and honey and it's about an eight foot tall sculptural piece I had found some like really goofy gold lame material and I was like gosh I want to use that someday and then it really did come together with this piece on you know that that was the perfect element to get started and Tim since you you're so quiet over there when Joe originally called me he proposed it as this traditional craft materials show and then people that are using these craft materials in very unusual ways are kind of going outside of what people normally think about. So, of course, that ceramics is always thought of as this very crafty material, and I'm doing more sculptural things. 
I didn't want to come in and just be like, here's what I got. So Joey said, I asked him about colors and things like that. It was kind of a silly question talking to Joe about his colors of metal. And when he sent back, I'm using these metal colors. And I'm like, of course he is. That seems like a no-brainer. But then I started thinking about... I have this piece called Analog Skies that is a collection of ceramic Polaroids, and I just wanted to try to use up some of those some of those color combinations. So I was using some metal, some more metallic-looking glazes, some lusters and things like that to kind of correspond with that and work with Joe's pieces. And then Lauren has these brighter pieces of what I've seen, some brighter pieces from what I'm used to working with. And then I decided, well, I have these two new pieces of ceramic foam that I put up on the wall that I'm calling them fields. And one of them is that really pink academic foam that they use in, like, Sculpture One. You know, it looks like that. And then that white beaded styrofoam as well. So I, you know, I kind of, I tried to pick pieces that would correlate to the works that Joe and Lauren would bring into the show and kind of play off of either color schemes or maybe the shooting star targets are a little bit, you know, they're paper. So that was in relation to, uh, I had seen some of Joe's work with the books and things. So I, I thought the paper was relevant. Well, so this is probably a, a question that we can kind of run through for th- for each of you, but especially now that you've seen the show, is there, I don't know, is there a way that you see the work differently when it's all together? You know, certainly we can kind of get into this idea of, um, you know, being stuck in our studios working, but, and, and it's different to just see all of your work in a solo exhibition, but I mean, is there anything that you think about differently now that you've seen seen that in relationship with the other works? Lauren made a comment earlier about she takes what, spaces left over and I think that was a challenge for me and Joe because originally Joe Milosevic the curator of the show said uh she's gonna take this space right here and we ended up having to call Lauren and have her bring in more stuff so I think Lauren's the only one that has seen the scene and been able to revisit the space with everything installed as it is so maybe she should talk more about how that works all together i was the the last one to install which was a great experience i i feel bad that the boys didn't get to see the show like (laughs) in full completion we did a lot of moving of pieces because uh my work tends to be a little bit dramatic as far as color and um it's really loud some of joe's pieces are so quiet and really minimal in comparison now the guys have two pieces up front or they did at one point and Tim's got this really great piece on a pedestal that's two leaves sitting on a pile of rocks. And, you know, it's, it's all neutrals. And then uh, Joe's got this large metal book uh, up there with, like, handmade pages. And it's really beautiful. And the piece that seemed to work best in theory up there was horrible, right? So this piece that I was thinking of is like a Pepto-Bismol pink that I have. And that's what I had chosen to put up front at first. I'm like, wow, there's no way we can leave that up there. You know, it's just way too loud it's um it's screaming compared to the other guy's work so that was a big big difference as far as planning where to put things but you know all artists have to kind of deal with with their materials and and the way that they're going to kind of you know craft them or hone them or put them in some fashion to kind of talk about something and i it struck me at some point as i'm you know again just kind of looking over each of your bodies of work 
like clay has a, a very specific feel and tim is taking it and and kind of you know creating these objects and these these things that are fooling the eye into, into what they are and it strikes me then that there's a lot of control about that or manipulation in that aspect of it so if you take that for an example like how how do each of you use your tools your materials especially create these experiences for for the people that are going to see your your work i was really surprised when i first uh, worked in a blacksmithing shop and i had a hot piece of steel in my hand and a hammer at how it just deformed under the right conditions each little hammer mark is translated into that metal so i try to accentuate that a lot in the work that i do i don't i i try to contrast smooth surfaces and really heavy fullered textures and uh, address the surface finish to kind of accentuate that highlight every little imperfection that i've put into that material and it just kind of a lot of people think of steel as this unmoving force but, but under the right conditions it moves similar to clay i was going to say the same thing um i don't have a whole lot of experience with metal but Fabric and clay have so much in common. It's easily manipulated, but there is also a breaking point. You can only get away with so much. You know, eventually when you're throwing a pot, sometimes the walls can get too thin and they collapse. And same with fabric. You can start to braid and shred and do all these kind of things to manipulate the fabric. But at some point, you know, it's going to tear, it's going to give out in some capacity. So I like the accessibility or um, the manipulability, I guess, of the material. And I think all three of us do that, not to pat us, pat ourselves on the back, but I think all three of us do that in very unique ways. And we really push the limits of what people expect out of the material and how we normally think of those materials to be used. You know, I, I had only seen the one piece of Joe's and then seeing him install, you know, I'm just blown away at the craftsmanship on a technical level. And then also the, you know, the actual object itself becoming a really neat thing. And then Lauren's work I've seen, you know, multiple times. I've kind of seen different generations of that work. And I have a very narrow scope of fabric because I don't work with it at all. So then to see this fabric and other materials combined to make these installations, I've always kind of been very intrigued and interested by how she uses that material to make these very elaborate installations. Well, and I feel very self-conscious as a painter thinking about material because it seems like an outsider perspective to me in some regards. But, you know, hearing you all talk about it, it's interesting because, you know, you think of, you know, blacksmith, forbed object, they're going to have a lot of weight. I mean, you're going to look at them and see them as being heavy, these actual things. And then it's interesting because then, Tim, you've got stuff that, you know, you might see on the wall as, as pink foam. And certainly, you know, if anybody's packed anything or shipped anything, you know, they're familiar with that. But again, it's it's something that's a sleight of hand because it's not real. And then I'm thinking, too, that, you know, when you're looking at maybe Lauren's work, too, there's kind of like a, a visual weight kind of established in terms of the relationship of the material. So, again, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to think about that in relationship to the three of you and the way that you're working through it. It's, it's an interesting idea. Really interested to see the uh, show completed because especially with Lauren's work and with my larger sculpture and some of Tim's wall pieces, as they're, like you said, I'm going to have a large steel object that has sort of an airiness to it. And Lauren's going to have this, you know, cloth, which is typically light, but it's going to have a lot of visual mass as well as, uh, you know, Tim's paper targets, which, you know, clay, but they look exactly like paper. It's going to be a very 
neat contrast to see in person. Well, and I think all of our our handling of materials, once again, Joe's metal stuff. Once again, I, I have very narrow scope of it. I understand the you know what's behind it, but they're very small, light objects, or most of them, except for the tables, maybe you know, are lighter objects, and they feel very inviting to kind of look at and hold and things like that where you normally don't think of and then what we normally think of is very tactile fabrics lauren has kind of put into this somebody had said earlier has this uh heavier weight to them and you know fills the space and kind of becomes something else and then the the ceramic object which we usually end up holding very precious because everybody's worried about breaking them including joe milosevic You know, he kind of wanted me to come install because he's worried about breaking all these things. And even during installation, I kind of dropped one of the Polaroids and it broke. But they're they're really fragile objects, but they don't look like it. Everybody just assumes that they're very light and uh, not fragile. I I like that you brought up the word assume. You know, one of the things that, and again, I think a number of us have experiences teaching. But one of the things that I always like to think about is, you know, what you kind of... Well, you kind of learn about something the more that you spend time with it. And it strikes me, again, that people are going to be coming in and, and looking at these pieces. Are there specific things that each of you kind of look for, for people to be able to take away? Or at least questions that you want viewers to kind of ask themselves when they look at your work? Uh, I think I can answer that one the easiest. You know, I I try really hard to make this uh, trompoy object and then... I get I get one of two responses. I either get the people that are like, oh, that's just foam on the wall, or those are just targets, and they go talk to somebody else, and usually they're like, but they're not. They're ceramic. Did you read the thing? And then, uh, you know, you get the, the double look. They kind of look around for gallery attendants or someone to be watching them, and they kind of gently touch those objects to see that they're made out of ceramic. And then... I'm hopeful, and I get it most of the time, is that then they're asking why I would go through all of that tedious, you know, making to re-represent an object I could easily hang uh, and to get closer to those narratives that I want them to get to. What I hope people walk away with when they come see some of my work is um, an experience. Obviously, we all want experiences with our work, so I want uh, people to be able to... Uh, taste the work and see the work and smell the work and kind of get a whole experience from something. So I'm, I'm slowly adding those different elements. So, you know, I'm going to have a, one of my, uh, I do cake paintings. So three-dimensional cakes that you can actually eat. So I'm going to have one of my cake paintings there on uh, Thursday night for the opening reception. And, um, you know, people will actually get to consume one of my paintings, which I really love the idea of that. So just kind of coming from a holistic kind of, uh, studio practice, trying to invade as many areas as I can, I guess. Kind of still get a feel for, you know, what somebody's personality is a little bit through their work in some ways. And, you know, when you kind of look at these massive, you know, installations with string going everywhere and you're seeing, you know, light projected on it, which is creating all these shadows. I don't know. It seems like, again, maybe it's a different feel. And that's one of the beautiful parts about being an installation artist is you get to move people. You know, you're not just painting people on a flat plane but you're actually moving someone through space and you're telling them how you want them to walk and at what rate even you know by proximity of objects to the wall or um you know by lights shining in their eyes just those kind of subtle things can move people through a space 
And see, those are things I think about when I'm setting up is, you know, what's the pace that I want people to walk through the space in? Uh, what do I want them to appreciate at that moment? So, you know, is that height specific? Joe, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, Tim is essentially spending so much time kind of meticulously replicating things that are constructed to be fake, whereas you're kind of taking these these real materials and, and manipulating them in a way that maybe might have a different kind of feel to it. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that in relationship to Tim's work? Yeah, I think uh, especially with the books, it's kind of an interesting thing that they, it's almost like the object is made, but it has yet to have an actual fate. Most of the books that I make are completely blank. You know, there's so much time spent between, you know, I'll forge an object and I'll bring it to my jeweler's bench and realize I did something wrong and have to go back. And then just between, you know, fabricating and foraging and finishing everything just to get to a point to have a completely blank book, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, uh, I don't know, like you said, it's fate is to be blank and then it has yet to have a fate. I think that's kind of an interesting dichotomy between the two works of art. I know one of the questions that you had written down or I'd seen somewhere through the emails was about, you know, what do you kind of gain as far as insight into other people's work by showing with them? And I I thought that that was really an interesting idea. So I started thinking about that a lot. And uh, I realized that Joe's work on his little scrolls in particular made me absolutely evaluate my craftsmanship better. Those are just gorgeous. They're these like little tiny, I don't know, maybe two or three inch scrolls. And um, they have paper that's fed on the inside of them. And they're really precious. I mean, you can hold them in one hand, but they're just meticulous. And uh, I love how a little object like that can hold so much power, you know, visual power. For whatever reason, I'm really attracted to those. You know, and Tim's work obviously is phenomenal. And it, once again, craftsmanship. I, I look at my work and I'm like, oh gosh, I gotta fix that, gotta fix that now, because Tim's work is so flawless, you know? And it's funny that you call my work flawless because I'm always attempting to make these like really absurd, pathetic objects. Yeah, but they're, <laughs> you know? intent, they're intentionally <clears throat> pathetic and absurd, you know? Yeah, Those and flaws then, are difficult to uh, replicate. It, and I, I think then, too, you know, paired with Joe's work, the, you know, the craft that's behind it, you said with those little scrolls, I think I saw him un- unravel one or pull one out. I saw you pull one out, Joe, when we were setting up. I was just like, man, I I can't imagine, you know, even though I'm, you know, I work with a fragile material, I can't, I can't even start to fathom how Joe constructs one of those little scrolls. Uh, I think they're a really powerful object. I think they're, you know, in the work that all of us do, there's a lot of research, especially with Tim's work, just in the, I can't even wrap my head around just the different, you were talking about uh, clay bodies and glazes and all the technical terms for it. But I think each of us does a lot of research into the craft just to get to the point where we're able to, Tim can replicate objects and we're looking for the correct colors and surface textures and all that. Yeah, and I think that's something we all do really well as far as that goes. Joe has a really great grasp on the, the technical aspect and be able to manipulate this really hard material into seeming very delicate. And Lauren has this way of working with 
a, a material that I don't really think about on a daily basis or think about, but then she's like, oh, I saw this gold lame fabric, and I have to use it, and then it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's kind of neat, and then she turns it into these wonderful installations. It works really great having my pieces in there because, you know, I'm I'm thinking about these th- things, and I think we all, we all have these different ways to work with our materials that we don't think about until we talk with other people that have that same competency levels of the materials. I don't think about glaze and clay bodies and stuff like that. It's just second nature to me at this point. And I think the metals are like that for Joe, and I think the fabric and all the other stuff Lauren works with are just kind of second nature at this point. When you put them all together, each artist sees the other artists, and we're like, man, we need to really step up our game and figure out how we can get to that level. The exhibition is called Of Clay, Metal, and Fiber. It has an opening reception of March 20th from 7 to 9 p.m., and the show runs through April 4th. So once again, I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, to chat with me here about it. Well, well thank thanks, you for David. talking thank to you. us. Yeah. <laughs> thanks once again to Tim Kowalczyk, Joseph Jenner, and Lauren Turk for joining us. Their show of Clay, Metal, and Fiber runs through April 4th at Joliet Junior College in Illinois. The opening reception this Thursday, March 20th. So again, I highly recommend you come out, have some cake. Tim's website is timkowalczyk.blogspot.com. You can find Mr. Jenner's work at wonderrust.net. And you can find Lauren's work at laurenturk.com. Thanks to Skylar Mail for providing the music. He's a multifaceted artist and musician, so thanks once again and visit his website, SkylarMail.com. Since you're enthusiastically visiting tons of websites right now, you want to check out DavidLinaway.com. A lot of my work explores landscape and architecture, and I'm also very excited to say I have a two-person show coming up with painter John Reddington. And there is a flyer up right now on the Facebook page, so you can check out more information there if you're in Delaware or in that area to come out for the opening. We do encourage you to check out all the other great interviews that we've had on StudioBreak.com. It's quite easy. Wait for the page to load up and just scroll down. There's tons of different interviews. Each of them have links to the artist's website, images of their work, and links to the iTunes store where you can subscribe to the podcast once again. It does wonders in connecting podcast junkies to new podcasts to check out, so please help us out there. And, of course, use all those share buttons. Reach out to us on our Twitter page, at Studio Break. You can follow our Tumblr page, that's studio-break.tumblr, and, of course, our Facebook page where we provide updates, announcements, things like our 2014 annual competition, which is coming up. This year it's going to be juried by Richard Holland of Bad at Sports, We've got nine spots of artists that will be on the podcast, BFA, MFA, and professional. And aside from the glory of being on Studio Break, we are giving out some solo shows, working with some spaces, so please stay tuned for details on that. And again, like our Facebook page to easily stay up to date there. We are very excited to have Melissa Cook coming up. She was one of our 2013 MFA competition winners. And we're excited that her solo show that she got through this very competition is opening up this Saturday, March 22nd. It's called Between the Void, and it opens up at the Peoria Art Guild. The exhibition opening runs from 6 to 8, so again, please make it out and say hello to some folks. 
We'd also like to remind you that we did have a recent interview with Barry Blinderman that is really awesome, so please check that out as well. Barry is the current director of the Illinois State University Galleries, and we talk all about his experiences traveling the world, interviewing Andy Warhol, and curating tons of exhibitions. And with that, we are now done. We'll talk to you real soon, everyone. Take care. <laughs>